You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Acapinti and Greg Viscomi. Oh, there's athletes on campus. Practices are happening. And we welcome you into another episode of Hawk Talk. Eddie Acapinti, Greg Viscomi. Greg, the season is, it's not even that it's close. We can actually see it now. It is really around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I was just standing out at football for two hours, and I'm fully sweating. And I walked. <laughs> you about, can really see it. Then. Yeah, I walked about 21 steps. So yeah, we we are in full spring, and it was full swing. And I think um, right now women's soccer is back, and we'll talk about that a little bit later because that's kind of exciting with a with a brand new head coach. Uh, obviously, football's back. Started on uh, August 1st was the first practice of the year, and um, men's. Look, our men's soccer and field hockey comes back next week, and then uh, cross country will follow in after that. So, we're ready to rock. CAA, we're here. We're, it, it's a month into the CAA season. Season one in the CAA starts. I want to say the first game is in just a couple of weeks. It will be soccer, but the first team to show up on campus was the football team. And our guest today, who we'll bring in in a minute, uh, is the newest member of the Monmouth coaching staff. And Coach Jimmy Robertson will join us. We'll talk to Coach in a second, though, Greg. Um, We also have another special guest today. We do. Silent. Silent guest. Yeah, which is the best podcast guest. Sure. Is the silent podcast <laughs> sure. guest. Class of uh, what year is, is Frank going to be? Uh, he'll be a 2028. 2028. The only reason why I know that is um, because of lacrosse. They we, categorize him by the graduation year. You knew I was going to shout you out. I know you're a silent guest, but Greg's son Frank is joining us today. He's got his... Tom River Warriors hat on, and he's repping MDN. So yeah, he's got, he got it all, it all covered. He's wearing. I got one thing. I got to teach him is he's rocking uh, Under Armour shoes and Nike socks. So we got to clean that up a little bit. Frank, look, look. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't have to teach him anything, man. We're so excited to have you back on Hawk Talk. We had a great first year doing this. We're mm-hmm. really excited now for the second full year doing this, and all the guests we're going to be able to talk to. But you know, Greg, the first team to come back to campus is the football team, and so much a great run in the big South and now a great opportunity in the CAA. I can't recall in all of our time here and just the 17th year we're this is, here. This is my 17th football season. Yeah. So I've officially, I think after the season, I've officially been here for more than half of the Monmouth football seasons played. So I'm going to add in my student broadcast time, which means goodness, it's almost oh, it's 20 years of Monmouth football, which is wild, which means, that's a lot of time. So the fact that we're able to be here to see and be so intimately involved with season one in the CAA is really, really cool. And you've been out at the field more than I have. I've been running around throughout the preseason, but uh, and, and we'll bring in Coach Robertson in a second. But I, I know I, I can't put into words how excited I know we are for the start of Monmouth football. Yeah, I'm really juiced. I'm just I'm excited for the CAA in general, like even women's soccer who plays first. And I think they actually play our first conference game as well. Or maybe football does against New Hampshire. I don't quite remember. But, um, yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, we're playing on a Thursday night, which is kind of cool. And uh, I think they're going to try to put that game on uh, regional sports television, which is cool. And it's a first-year head coach and Ricky Santos and Coach Couch. A lot of fun storylines there. He was a UNH great in his time as a quarterback. I think my first couple years here uh, covering FCS football, which I didn't know a ton about before I took the job here, uh, I think he was their quarterback. And they were that's when they were like, Pumping there. Yeah, they chip Kelly head coach. Right. Goes all the way back. Yeah. So anyway, I'm excited. Well, we're talking quarterbacks there. Let's talk some more quarterbacks with the past game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for this Mammoth football program. And you've seen him probably all over social media. You've probably seen some of the great work that he's doing. We're excited to see it now on the field. And Coach Jimmy Robertson joins us. Coach, how you doing? 
Doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on today. That's our pleasure. I mean, he's a podcast veteran. Veteran. We're going to give him a chance to To plug plug that. And I got a fun little story about that, too. Um, But we were talking about wanting a football guest. And and I don't think people really quite understand, or at least people outside of the industry, like how hard it is to get an assistant football coach for 45 minutes of his time during camp because they don't really have any time during camp. So I'm really, really, we are really, really appreciative of you spending the time. Oh, no, my, my pleasure. You know, we just had practice, as you said. You were out there, had a great practice, number five. So excited to hustle off the field, join you guys, talk some Mammoth football, and then we'll get back at it to meetings. <laughs> the, the meetings and meetings and meetings. Yeah, the, the grind of preseason, I think, is it, it can be. But I don't, you know, Coach Robertson and the rest of the staff and Coach Callahan, I don't know. Maybe we've just been around the program so long. It just feels the energy is just always, it never feels like it drags. There's always, whether it's a coach or a student athlete, or really it comes from the top with Coach Callahan, someone to kind of you know get the whole, our whole building excited about what's going on. So, so Coach Robertson, your first training camp with Mammoth Football, you said it's five days in. How's it going so far? Going phenomenal, and, and you said it right there. Coach Cal sets the the temperature from the top, and everyone feeds off his energy. What he's done here uh, is remarkable, such a unique situation that only one head coach in the history of the program, and I'm sure in year 30, it's the same energy that he had in year one. So when you have your head coach doing that, everyone follows suit, uh, and then it trickles down to the coaching staff, into the players. So I'll say the the energy and excitement, on the field, off the field, in the locker room, the weight room, that's really, you know, really high right now, which is awesome five days into camp. So I got like a thousand questions to ask you because one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because have, we have so many things to talk about. But uh, the first one is um, some people know that some people don't. You were a head coach at FDU. And, mm-hmm. and really, as other people have told me, the only head coach to actually have success at FDU. 2021 League Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. So what makes you, and obviously everybody knows the difference between D3 and FCS, blah, blah, blah. But what makes you step down from being a a very successful Division III head coach into an assistant role um, at a place like Monmouth? Like like how did that process go for you? Yeah. I loved my time at FDU, and as you guys said, we had a lot of success last year, winning the first bowl game in school history, uh, and was fortunate to be surrounded by a, a ton of great people. We had a great staff there, great players, and it was very, very tough to leave the people there, uh, but the opportunity to join a program like Monmouth uh, under a head coach like Coach Cal uh, and everything that this program has done, this is truly a special place. You know, a, a lot of places talk about places being special and being a family and recruiting and all that stuff. But this place truly is that. Really getting to know these guys the last six, seven years when I was at FDU, first as an assistant and then as a head coach, coming to work the summer camps, coming to spring practices, coming to their meetings. I really got to know them as people, and it truly is a special place. So I wasn't looking to leave FDU. I I loved it there, and we had a lot of success, and they're going to have a lot of success this year. But this is a a once in a lifetime opportunity to join a place like Monmouth under a head coach like Coach Callahan. And when Coach Gallo first called me up, our offensive coordinator, uh, to see if I had any interest in the position, um, it was really a no brainer for me because of where Monmouth was and where Monmouth is going now into the CAA uh, and to work with such great players. Uh, I know we'll get into that. You know, that was, you know, again, a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, and, and to see Mammoth from afar and now to see it up close, like you mentioned, being in the state, being a coach in the state, and now being on the staff, 
your thoughts and feelings for what it was versus now what it is, how do those compare? Yeah, it even gets stronger now being a part of it because from the outside looking in, you can tell it's a very detailed program. It's a very organized program. And like we've already talked about, it's a very high energy program. When you come to their summer camps in the past, you know, five, six years when I would come to them, you could tell that everyone on the staff loved being a part of the Mammoth football program. You could tell the players around the program loved being a part of the Mammoth football program. And now being a part of it and actually seeing the inner workings of, of our organization, you know, all that stuff is even even stronger than I felt before. Uh, so excited to now actually be a part of it and hope make it even stronger than it ever was. So you step in a couple things about so you step in quarterbacks coach you have uh tony musket that that really um could end up being one of the best quarterbacks we ever had and that's on the heels of one of the best quarterbacks we ever had in kenji Barr. um talk about you always post for the room which yeah. i love i really do love <laughs> coach robertson is, is really really good on social excellent social media excellent, on, excellent. On, on on social i find that coaches go three ways they go um Terrible, like they're not even on social media. It's just not a part of what they do. Okay. Uh, they're on ter- they're on social media, but they're terrible at it. Uh, they're just regurgitating garbage or bad video or whatever they're doing. Um, and then they're really good. And we have some coaches on our staff that are really good, and Coach Robertson's one of them. So for the room, it's always being posted, and it's guys, it's every single quarterback that's in the room. Uh, can you run us through some of those quarterbacks yeah. you have? Yeah, yeah. So for the room, and it's a special room. Obviously, everybody knows about Tony Muskett, and he's a special person in addition to being a special player. But then you add the other, you know, returning players. We have Frankie uh, and Johnny Gilchrist, and then our newcomers, Enzo, who joined us mid-year, and then our our true freshman, uh, Christian. So the five of them, you know, we talk about for the room because although one guy is on the field, everyone is a part of it. And everything we do, these guys – truly love one another and want to help one another. Whether it's Tony Musket, a two-time All-American, helping out a true freshman with you know day one install plays, or it's something non-related to football. So that's why we, we talk about everything we do is for the room. Um, we talk about you know being a family and within the QB room being a real family. All right. And that's respect, energy, accountability, and love. You know, it starts with respect for one another. It ends with love for one another. If we bring that great energy every day, hold one another accountable. We could be real. We could be a family. And now it's everything for the room because one person's success. All right. And it's Tony right now is all of our success and all of their success because they all have a part of it. So you jumped in um, just speaking about Enzo. How important is it for him and for you to come in and get all of the spring, get that that extra four months worth of work or whatever. I know you're only on the field for 30 days, but, but the, the four months worth of work, how important is that for not only yourself to get to know the kids that are in the, in the program, but also for a, a, a freshman like, like uh, Enzo? Oh, it was huge for both of us having him mid year. Uh, and then myself getting here towards the end of January to, so to have the whole winter, all of spring ball, and then all of the summer program was instrumental for both of us, you know, the growth and development of him is, you know, exponentially better than it was, you know, day one. And then the same for me and, and both of us leaned on Tony. And that was really a great thing about having, you know, I guess you could say a veteran, although he only really played maybe what 14 games in his career, but having a guy like that, that is, is engulfed in, in the system, loves football, loves learning football, loves growing and developing. So we both leaned on him you know, to help teach us the offense, you know, now we all do it together. Uh, But those months were instrumental in in the the growth of Enzo and then the growth of the rest of QBs. 
at Jim Robertson QB on Twitter, by the Follow way. Follow it. So go there now at Jim Robertson QB on Twitter. Um, it, like you said, it's rare we get like really great original content. Yeah. From a coach who does social media, and we get that from coach. Awesome. Appreciate it. As part of that education that that you and Enzo and you mentioned all all you know we're learning from Tony. How much of of what Coach Callahan and Coach Gallo and the offensive philosophy that you're walking into is something that you prior, you know, either, not that you ran similar things, but the philosophy at which how Monmouth wants to attack and approach offense. How quickly did that marriage kind of come together? Oh, yeah, I think that marriage was there from the beginning, and I think that was one of the reasons that uh, I, I was a fit for the staff here because uh, philosophically what we did at FDU, although the personnel on the field may have been a little bit different because uh, we didn't have as many tight ends and some of those bigger kind of bodies that we do here. Uh, so we could do a little bit more personnel wise here at Monmouth. Philosophically, uh, we believe in a lot of the same things of getting the playmakers the ball in space, you know, making them cover the entire field and and take what the defense gives you. And both systems, both at FDU and here at Monmouth, were quarterback-driven systems. And what I mean by that is we're going to give our quarterback the pen last. Uh, when you have guys like Tony and Enzo and the other guys in our QB room here, you can really do a lot. And we do do a lot because they can handle it and we trust it. And that communication we have with them, we know that they fully understand it. And Greg, it seems like, and I'm curious to get Coach's thoughts on this, that idea of a of a real quarterback first you know offense and we've seen a lot of really good quarterbacks in our time here at Monmouth but I really feel like under Kenji Bahar it kind of took off to a whole new level and you've seen with coach Gallo really getting his hands on the offense the ability now for you know kind of that you know it's become a great position where you can plug in great players and they can make it their own that's what made Kenji so great he was his Mm -hmm. own player and I think we've seen it with Tony Greg get your thoughts first and then it'll kind of go over to coach where we saw his skill set that spring, right early on in the spring of his first year, do it so you could kind of see it play out on the field. Well, from not being a coach and not knowing anything about truly coaching football, I think the plan with a quarterback usually is like you start slow, make it simple. And now Tony's, and we saw that, right? Didn't do a lot of crazy stuff that spring, but we won a lot of games and we were close to upsetting the eventual national champion, like nine yards away, first and goal, whatever. Uh, Then we come back and, and we didn't necessarily have the fall that we wanted. Um, and I, I blame really more injuries than anything else on that. Like when you really look back and, and look on it, but you saw more maturation, more, more, you know, putting the ball in his hands, letting him do some things. I'm a, I'm guessing now going into his third year that he's going to have a lot more range. And sometimes we'll be up in the press box and like writers will lean over and be like, Oh my God, like why did we throw that screen on blah, blah, blah. And, and like, I don't think they realize how much room Coach Gallo and and I'm sure Coach Robertson will give a quarterback to make decisions based on what he's seeing on the field and what's called, whether it's a run, pass, keep it, throw it out, throw it to you know, throw it to the boundary, wherever they're doing. Um, I I think that does. I don't think people know enough about when you have a veteran quarterback how much they really are in control in this offense, and I think that's where Tony's getting right now. Yeah, yeah, he's in his growth from even last season to now, everything he's done this offseason, all the success he's had and accolades he's gotten, it makes him even more hungry to be even better, right? He has a mindset that he wants to be the best, and that's a mindset that then trickles to everybody in our quarterback room. And to be honest, everybody in the program, because when you're you know All-American starting quarterback is winning every sprint or doing stuff in the weight room or watching extra film or taking care of his body, now everyone is doing it. But then now we see that trust in him, so we, we give him the keys to the car. Well, and... 
it's not just this program and those of us in the room right now that feel that way about Tony. It's the peers in the CAA with the announcement this past week of the preseason teams. To the fact that any Monmouth player, right, was on a all sure. you know, CAA preseason team was, I think, a, a huge nod of respect to the program. But that it's the quarterback on the first team in the preseason coach speaks to what the rest of the league feels about Tony having never competed against him in a conference game. Oh, yeah. He, I think he has the respect of them, and I think that, again, is going to make him more hungry, too, to even exceed expectations because that's really the best thing about him is he's not going to be satisfied with the success we have because he's going to want more and more and more, and it's going to drive the rest of the team to feel the same way. And, and I mean, it, it starts with Tony, but I think we kind of talk – we could talk – get into general football talk a little sure. bit, but – the, the our offensive backfield. Everybody talks about the CAA, William and Mary. You know they have a triple threat, like they you know great. I think people are sleeping on how good our offensive backfield is. Like those three guys, like they'd be starters on almost any other team in the country. I, I feel pretty good about saying that. Any other team outside the top ten, let's say those three guys would be starters at, at any of those. Um, how 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 helpful is that as a coach? But really for Tony to have a run game where you know, I mean, obviously behind you know Coach Gabe's offensive line and everybody blocks in this system, which is awesome. But um, how how comforting is it for you to know that that we hey we can hand it off on this play and probably get four five six seven yards? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is there's so many playmakers like you said. We have multiple guys in our our backfield that could start on a lot of teams in the country and a lot of teams in the conference. Then you add in the weapons on the perimeter is. Everyone knows they don't need to do too much. Just do your job on every play, and as quarterbacks, Tony and the rest of the guys know, just get the ball where the defense is weak. And that's what, again, goes back into that trust in him of doing that, and then he knows whether it's a run, a pass, a screen, a deep shot, that we have playmakers all over the field and a phenomenal offensive line to make it happen. I can't believe you were going to mention running backs and not mention. Uh, you have to mention him. He'll listen. If you don't mention Coach Dorsett, he's going to just come in here. He's going to barge right in. It's the art. It is, it is the, the art. 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 <laughs> you know my. You know what the best thing I can say about Coach Dorsett is that the art is traveling with him. Like I follow a lot of our backs on. on I follow a lot of our players on social media, and now Devell Jones, who was part of that 2019 yes. team, and and now he's coaching up at St. Peter's Prep, and uh, he's coaching the running backs. And every once in a while, he'll put up a shot from practice, and he'll just write the art across the top of it. And I smile a hundred percent of the time. I laugh every time. Well, listen, we got to bring Coach in because that's that's organic brand building, right? There. Yeah, he's battling a little. Um, he's battling a little uh, laryngitis or something right now. He well, doesn't. It's because of how he's coaching. It, yeah, he right. doesn't have too much of a voice right now. No, but that running back room that both Greg and Coach mentioned of Jawan Fari, of of Jaden Sheridan, and of Owen Wright is. I, I just don't know. They all bring such different great skills to the table in, in coach to to see that and that they fit into what Monmouth wants to do offensively, but that they each have their own you know unique strengths and skill sets. I can't wait to see it on the field this fall. Yeah, and that combination of some have more speed, some have more power, that versatility is really what gives us flexibility as an offense, and the defense really now has to prepare for a lot of different things uh, within our offense because of that, and it's a beautiful thing to see. It, we've seen it really, Greg, I'm trying to remember, Like, just go back to 2017. Go back to Monmouth's first FCS playoff appearance. From then to now, this offense has, has had so many different kinds of players it can showcase. We've seen tremendous wide receiver play, not just in college, but then moving on to the next level with players like Reggie White Jr. and, and some of the great players we've seen you know, in this program. But, you know, Coach, let's look at the rest of those skill guys because now this room, you know, your quarterback room, right, you're, you're for the room. But now the guys that they're throwing to, um, I, I, you see it 
it on social media. You see Kevin Callahan Jr. posting his catch of the day all over the place. Also excellent on social media. He is. Oh, yeah. and, and this group, and you can include all of the different, you know, everyone not a, not named running back who, who who's going to go catch passes. But the skill that they have on the outside, that's another just really competitive group that it's fun to see get better, you know, not only every day, but every game. Oh, yeah, and Co- Coach KKL does a phenomenal job with the details of that position because we have a lot of talented players there. They're big, they're physical, they have speed, but they're they're true route runners and the details of the position. And that goes the same thing like Tony and the QBs are comfortable handing the ball off. They know, give our wide receivers a chance, and they're going to go up and make a play. And, and speaking of catch of the day, they, that's competition. Like mm-hmm. Guys want to make that, and they want to be that. Uh, so that's going to just drive excellence every single practice because you know they, they want that video getting up on social media, <laughs> and, and the branding of it is awesome for our guys. There were, uh, there were a couple really, really good catches out there today. Uh, AK made a couple of great oh, yeah. ones. Um, Darian Carrington had a couple of really nice ones. Uh, TJ Spate made a great one. The offense looked pretty good today. Um, so, so that brings me back. I was at our practice. I don't know what day it was, maybe two days ago. And it was like every other ball thrown up in the air was intercepted. And, you know, it was whoever's fault, right? Wind, bad pass, good play by the D-back. How do you take a day like that? That was like day two or three, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You go back, you guys put the film on at night, and you're watching with the guys like, how do you get them to come out a day later and not, and just, and it's practice. So I get that, but just shake all that crap, especially the younger guys, right? Like Tony's fine. Like he knows you make bad passes. You come back and make great passes. What did you say to them? How, how, what, what is, how do you get guys to turn around and play? Yeah, that was a great learning experience that practice. Cause we did, we had five interceptions that practice Our our worst one of the, the camp so far in the short camp. But then the next two practices after that have probably been two of the best practices we've had, including spring ball. Uh, in the room, we talk a lot about just having that next play mentality and about being neutral on whether it's a touchdown pass or it's an interception. We have to stay neutral. Don't get too excited. Don't get too low and just have that next play. You know, play within the system. We all know we have a great skill set and, and, and just be 68 and breezy. You know, that's what we tell. That's what we talk to our QBs. It's that's what's the most perfect temperature: sixty-eight and breezy. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. You can wear shorts if you want. You can wear a hoodie and sweatpants if you want. So that's what we have to be. Just that's get awesome. always back to that as a quarterback and on to the next play. I, I love that sixty-eight and breezy. Are, are you gonna start reiterating I, that? Meetings? We're gonna use that somewhere. I don't know how. <laughs> if we didn't, I you know, like we talked about, and and Mark Mormon talked about renaming our. Um, podcast episodes and i was like man i'd really love to like yeah, you take, take something f- out of it and name it but then mark was like it's really the best if you just use the person's name like hawk talk episode 24 whatever this is you know qb coach jimmy robert robertson is what this will say but like if it wasn't it would be 68 and breezy i think it would be the, a few of the podcasts i listen to do that and it's like yeah i get what you're saying maybe we could incorporate both well listen i i'm old enough and mature enough to know when somebody's got a good opinion and I value Mark's opinion a lot. And he was like, listen, if you're, you're flipping through channels or you're flipping through podcasts and you see a name, you're like, Oh, if you just write 68 breeze, you're like, what is this? A weather thing, but it's awesome. And I'm going to use it somewhere. Anyway, we're off track. Uh, talk to us about one thing I want to know about is um, you're the only, I think you're the only coach in the room that's been a head coach other than obviously coach Callahan. Uh, does that give you a different perspective to what kind of he, because we laugh about it all the time. Everybody thinks they can be a, every assistant coach says like, Oh, I I know what he's going through. I know how to be a head coach. (laughs) And then when you step into that role, you're like, Oh, I didn't know how to deal with this. Like, but you've done that. So does that help you kind of a better appreciation for some of the off the field 
I don't want to call it nonsense, but nonsense that yep. he has to deal with. Oh, a, th- a thousand percent, especially leading up into camp, you know, that week or two weeks and then a couple days heading into camp. And then once you get into camp, especially that first or week, week or so, as there's a thousand things on his plate, there's a lot of those things that I'm happy that I don't have to do. <laughs> and I loved being a head coach uh, and loved my time being it, but I'm, I'm enjoying being the quarterback coach and get the quarterbacks better. <laughs> what a... Did you have that that aha moment when you when you transitioned from being the OC to being the head coach of the uh, Blue Devils? Blue Devils? Devils. Right devils. Just Devils. Damn. Um, <laughs> did you have that like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I never knew that he had to deal with this. Oh, yeah, because there's so many things that you don't see for, for really all positions. But as the head coach, there's so many things that we don't even know Coach Cal's doing them. And that's the sign of a great head coach. When he just takes care of all those things and it never even gets to an assistant coach, then that's when a program's going to be successful like Mammoth has been for 30 years under him. And he and he takes probably care of more stuff than he should, I think. Mm. Like we're always, I'm always saying to him, like, what are you doing that for? Like, give it to somebody else. He's like, God, be done right. Who else am I going to give it to? My guys are coaching. Let my guys coach. I'll take care of it. Like, he, he's Coach Cal. He's just immaculate. I don't the, know. The, the thing that is most, I guess it's unique, but it's also really special about, you know, we've all dealt with Coach now at, at various levels, right? You are on his staff. I dealt with him as a student before becoming his coworker. Greg, you've been his his contact, his his supervisor. It's amazing the different levels we've all seen with Coach. But, you know, Jimmy, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Someone who's been in the game right as long as he has, I feel like when there's been other coaches like that, there's we can all kind of point to something. Oh, they've run the same offense forever. Oh, they've done this forever. And the thing that's really special about Coach Callahan is, as football has changed in 30 years, his ability to adapt to different everything, personality types of kids he's recruiting, styles of play, it's truly remarkable. So to see that kind of every day, to, to know what he's done and also what he's doing currently, uh, just take us through how it is kind of day by day, whether it's leading meetings or just kind of seeing him work on a day by day basis. Yeah, he's the true CEO of this program. Yeah. And and Greg said it earlier is he does think because he wants to let his coaches coach and he truly empowers every coach on his staff to be creative and do their job. Uh, and it's a great thing to be a part of now because he he's the CEO of the program and he sets the the direction of our ship and then he lets everyone do their job. Uh, and it's truly a, a family environment under him. So everyone enjoys being around one another and enjoys being here. And when you do that, now you have a chance to be successful. So when you came to campus, I'm just curious, because while coach was answering, I was thinking, You'd obviously been on campus, coaching camps and everything else. Your first time coming here as an employee, as a coach of the program, did it feel different when you kind of drove onto campus, walked onto the field for the first time wearing the Mammoth on your shirt? Oh, yeah, it definitely felt different. You know, it was walking on the field with the FDU logo for, you know, five, six, seven summers coming to the camps. But then when you actually come here and you have the M on your chest, it definitely hits a little bit different. And you could just feel there's there's a buzz about this place, about all of athletics here, about the campus. When we went into the CAA, you know, and it's not just football, there's a buzz about this place. So it's it's definitely a, a truly exciting time to be a part of it. What um? Let's take it back to the playing playing days. I own a prep guy. Yep. Um, Yonkers. Yep. Raised. Yep. Oh yeah. Get a little. Yeah. Give the Y O a shout out. Yeah. You get, you get a little <laughs> of that New York in you. Um. You, you go to RPI, which is a really good school. Um. What kind of quarterback were you uh, coming out of high school and then throughout um throughout college? I was more your traditional pocket passer. You know, maybe maybe run the ball once in a while, but. Uh, I think one of the reasons I got into coaching is because I loved the X's and O's of it as a quarterback. You know, I felt I was someone that could distribute the ball to all of our playmakers. And whether it was at Iona, 
at RPI. It was always surrounded by great playmakers, similar to what we have here at Monmouth, albeit at a different level now. Uh, so I felt like that now helped me transition into coaching, but I was more your cerebral, get the ball to the playmakers, accurate passer, and uh, let the playmakers do their thing. <laughs> and a, uh, a Hall of Fame member of RPI's uh, Athletics Hall of Fame. How much does that mean to you? That means a lot. That That is special. And, you know, I said it uh, at the Hall of Fame induction, it was that in 2018, I believe. And it was really a an honor for all the guys I played with. And, you know, it was special that a lot of them came back to that, that induction ceremony because it, it was all of them. It was the offensive line giving me the time to throw the ball. It was, you know, three, four receivers and tight ends that we had running backs that are also going to be in the hall of fame. And we're all Americans at my time at RPI. So it was, it was, it's special to be a part of it. Um, and something that, you know, can always, you know, look back on and remember all those great times. Uh, one of the guys that I don't think gets a lot of like love just because he's, he's a little bit further down on the depth chart, but everybody on the team loves him. I mean, everybody. And he's got maybe the best facial hair on the whole team. Frankie Savino. Oh, that mustache is, is legit. <laughs> it's like Tom Selleck-ish-s almost. Uh, what does he kind of bring? Because every, everybody's like, oh, man, Savino. Everybody loves mm-hmm. him. Him and, and Austin Castorino is a running back. Um, he's another piece of your room. So, oh, so yeah. what does Frankie bring? Yeah, Frankie has a great personality, and it's energy and passion. It truly every single thing that he does in the weight room, energy and passion. In the meeting room, energy and passion. Pretty much every QB meeting, we end with him giving us something, you know, a motivational <laughs> speech, a quote, a word, breaking us down because he truly, he, he's contagious. You know, we talk about having contagious energy in the quarterback room, and, and he sets that a lot of the days. So he, he's a fun guy to be around, uh, great football player, and, and excited that he is a part of the room. I just want to give him some love because everybody loves him. And he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get the burn. You're behind Tony, you know, whoever, Enzo, whatever it is. But but everybody on the team loves Frankie Savino. Can't not love him. Yeah, and, and his parents are, every time we post anything, they like it. So I'm like, man, I got to find out more about Frankie Savino. And maybe he's someone that we'll get to learn a little bit more about throughout the course of the year, as we will the entire roster, really. I mean, that's the yeah. great part about even things like our podcast, right? And that's why we started it, right? To unearth some of the great stories. How, but we'll have to figure out a way to get the, the mustache some love. I'm telling you, there's, there's. I'm going to find a picture. I'm going to post it today. It's I'm probably sure an Instagram. Marker Troy took right. a picture or something. We're going to get that up there because he's got the look. He's got a couple good tattoos. He's got the mustache. And he's always yelling. Like, that's we're really, like, today out of practice, he, like, came off the field and yelled something. And I turned around and looked, and I was like, oh, that's, that's why everybody loves him. <laughs> he's just a true American, just energy, <laughs> loves life. Right. Uh, how hard was it? I can't imagine too hard. Uh, was it to talk your family into relocating down here onto the Jersey Shore? So we're actually living in New York still. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, we live in New York still. That. That's a grind. Good. Yeah, it's a, a little bit of a commute, uh, but Monmouth will do that to you. You know, as we yeah. talked about earlier, it's yeah. a special place. There, there wasn't many places I would have left FDU for, and this was one of them. Uh, however, I will say we are lucky. My in-laws do have a beach house down near the Lavalette area in okay. Chadwick Beach. So fortunate oh, nice. that we have that there. Chadwick's great. So it's get great. to hang out down the shore a ton in the summer um, before even being here. So kind of have the best of both worlds. That is good. Okay. I had relatives that had a house in Chadwick for years. It's awesome down there. It's terrific. So you, you've been doing the reverse commute then for a long time. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. interesting. I feel like you get the brunt of the commute because you're yeah. going south. I, I, I get, there are some days where it's not fun. But. Frank, right? It's sometimes tough to go because you play lacrosse up here all the time. Tough to do the yeah, ads. Tough to do that. He just sits in the car on his phone. 
He doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. I'm driving at 9.30 at night from Titten Falls back down to our house. Easy on the Titten Falls. I'm just saying. I got It's a 45-minute drive at 9.30 in July. When I'm sitting here doing work, and there's not a soul to be found. No, no. Well, except the coaches (laughs) who are in the back, I'm sure. Ah, Even there, July 9th, even there, God. That's the the one time they actually get to leave. So, Speaking of, and I'm curious, did you know, Coach, when you were – when did you know you wanted to make this the profession? You, you know, I know everyone says, you mentioned you were a cerebral quarterback. I'm sure whoever was doing your games, listen, I'm a broadcaster. It's an easy thing for us to say, to see a cerebral, he's a quarterback, he's a coach on the field. Well, take us into that. Was this always something that you thought you would get into? It was, it was, because to me, I, I don't consider this a job. This is yeah. something I love to do. It's a passion. So I, I knew I always wanted to be involved with the game. The game gave so much to me. My coaches gave so much to me. So I wanted to hopefully do what my coaches did at Iona and at RPI. Hope I can do that for somebody else you know, in my career. So I, I think I always knew this is what I wanted to do. Let's transition to the podcast. Uh, so I had heard, I got two stories that I knew about Jimmy before he was our coach. One, my wife is a, a, a in guidance in a local area high school, and uh, she was lamenting a different school's coach who came in and was kind of rude and abrupt, and, and she was like, man, I hope our kid doesn't go there. And then the next day she said, you know, I had such a bad day with coaches yesterday, and she's like, today this guy came in from FDU, and he was like prepared and really nice and friendly, and I could see why kids would want to go play with, play for him. And I said, yeah, I don't – you know, I don't know the guys at FTU or whatever. Like, I don't pay that much of attention. And he was like, no, well, no, I have, I think she has like a mammoth pendant on her wall or something. And she said, no, like he said that he works camps. His name is Jimmy Robertson. And I said, wow, I don't know. Um, so that was the first introduction. So apparently wherever you're recruiting, my wife, who was a, a hard critic, had a bad experience with a coach from another school and then a terrific one with you coming in from FTU. Uh, and then the other one was, uh, I, I have this really – I don't know. I I get aggravated when people don't follow the right channels of like interviewing our student athletes and our coaches. Mm. And uh, Jimmy has a podcast, which is really good. And he had coach Gallo on one day and I had no idea. And Gallo comes in. Am I going to get in trouble for this? No, you're not going to. I mean, whatever you're here, who cares? (laughs) This is before you were here. You were still at FDU. And Gallo comes in one day and he was like, Hey, uh, I need you to like retweet, give this dude, Jimmy some love. Um, He had me on his podcast or whatever. I was like, well, I didn't know anything about that. And he's like, well, come on, just like retweet it. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, you, if you can't follow the rules, I'm not going to do it. Gal was like, oh, you're such a, you know, blah, 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 breaking my chops, whatever. But that is the segue into the Fast Five Star Podcast. It is. It is. On a hiatus right now. We got to get it back going. <laughs> it's horrible. It's hard to, to <laughs> yeah. be a Division One coach and, you know, learning new stuff and do it. Uh, tell us about it because uh, you you do a great job. I've listened to it. I listen to Gal's. No, I appreciate it. It's the Fast Five Star Podcast, something that started in COVID. Uh, Fast Five Star was kind of the system of success within our football program at FDU, and then just going into the branding of it and using social media. Uh, and at the time, our SID, Andrew Romanella, really want to give him a ton of credit. He's no longer there. He's actually the head baseball coach at, I want to say, Centenary now. Oh, um, because baseball coach by profession, and then he was also helping out as an SID. Uh, he was like, hey, let's let's do a podcast. So we got into it, and then I fell in love with it. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I learned more doing that probably than anything I've ever done. Uh, having some of these phenomenal guests, had Coach Gallo, Jeff Gallo on our OC, and then some of the other people. It was a ton of fun, but I learned a lot. 
and it was branding yes of fast five star but it was branding of fdu football and really got our name out there and people that like you that never even knew what fdu football was they knew about it because having some of these people on the podcast, whether it was Kurt Warner, a Hall of Fame quarterback, whether it was the AD at Texas A&M, the head coach of Marshall, some of these people I just reached out to cold and, you know, people want to yes. also promote themselves. So some of them said yes, and it was a ton of fun, learned a lot, and hopefully we'll get it back going one of these days. I, I was looking at the list of guests and I was like, how's this dude <laughs> from Yonkers who's, uh, uh, you know, head coach of a D3 school successful head coach of a D3 school in North Jersey of all places getting pulling the 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 AD at Texas A&M and I'm like I feel like if we called them up we're like hey you want to jump on our podcast be like go fly kite get out of here <laughs> so I thought it was awesome like I like no, honestly I, I think I think you do a really good job and if um I hope you do uh, are able at some point to get it going again because you did a nice job with it but I just thought it was an interesting thank you little wrinkle but like you said people want to talk about themselves too so I feel like this is the only medium where that exists, right? There's really very few places, TV, there's a lot of work that goes into it and everything else. This is one of those, yeah, I'm free. Let's talk. Sit it, down and have a conversation. Yep. That's so cool. And so when you were doing like the, like you said, learning, doing that and the prep for all that, you, you kind of saw how, how our side kind of operates a little bit. So, so there's some similarities, right? In preparation and oh. things like that. But, but obviously there's, it's a whole different kind of, you know, art form. Oh yeah, because the detail and the and the level of preparation that goes into some of this stuff, it's not just recording like we are doing now. I'm sure you guys are going to go back and record another intro and then an outro <laughs> and other stuff. And you have to, you know, some of these people that I had on the show, I, I didn't know anything about. I just knew they were successful and I wanted to learn from them and I wanted other people to learn from them. So I would do my research and what's their background, maybe listen to another podcast that they were on or watch a YouTube video. So the preparation to host a show, preparation for coaching a sport, definitely a lot of similarities similarities what um uh, we want to get you out of here because we know your time is valuable and, and and we're running short and we always wrap up with some fun questions um but i, I want to touch on recruiting we can't the ncaa rules are stupid so we can't really talk about recruits that haven't signed yet but but briefly like what is your recruiting philosophy like what are you looking for in a kid obviously off the field and on the field. Like, what are the things that, that you look for? And we'll, we'll stick with quarterbacks mm. in a quarterback. Yeah. Even before we get into quarterbacks, I'll say philosophically, what Coach Cal believes in recruiting-wise is another reason that this is a special place and in, in line with what I wanted to do because uh, he wants great people, which is first and foremost, guys that are academically motivated, second, second and then great football players. Uh, so I think philosophically fell in line to what I believe recruiting-wise. But then you look at quarterbacks. The biggest thing is, we want the best. So when we're watching your film, you have to pop. But certain things that we want in our quarterback, we're looking for, can you make the throws that we need you to make in our offense? Because we're going to have you do a lot. So we need to make sure you have the arm talent. And that arm talent's a combination of the arm strength and the accuracy. That accuracy and ball placement is so critical. Something we talk about a ton with our quarterbacks here. So that's something we're looking for. Then we're looking for their athleticism. And we're not looking necessarily for a 4-4 speed quarterback. But are you athletic in the pocket? Can you extend plays? You know, you look at the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's of the world. They're not super athletic, but their athleticism in the pocket is phenomenal. So we look for that. You know, then we look for, are you productive? You know, are you winning football games and are you productive on the field? Um, so those are the things that we look for. Um, but again, we, we want the best. And when you're at a place like Monmouth, you can truly get the best because there's so many special things going on, whether it's the football program, the university, the area. There's a lot of things. We don't really need to sell anything. Um, <laughs> we're just going to... You know, tell them how it is. Get them here. Yeah. 
Get them on campus. One of the great things that we get to do, you mentioned getting to learn uh, from all of the people that you got to interview. Well, when Greg and I get to sit down with our interview guests, we like to learn a little bit more beyond your great experience as a player, as a coach, and now at Monmouth. So take us a little bit further kind of into, into you know, your world. Let's go back. Let's go back to 2009, right? You're getting ready to play. You're getting ready to suit up. What's the pregame routine for you at the time, whether it's the music you're listening to, the way that you're going about your preparation, what Some was kind of food? Yeah, the food. As a player, what were you kind of either listening to or doing to get ready for a game? Yeah, getting ready for a game. When I was at RPI, I always had a bagel with strawberry cream cheese. Ooh, yeah, the strawberry plain bagel, plain bagel, okay. strawberry cream cheese. Uh, usually, the last couple of years, it was actually one of our defensive linemen would usually go to the bagel bagel shop early and then uh, pick it up for me. And once we did it, I am very superstitious. So we were a pretty good <laughs> football team and won a lot of games. So once we did it once, we have to stick to it. So the bagel with cream cheese was usually the pregame meal. Uh, music, I, I have a very versatile, uh, I guess you could say, playlist. And what were they back then? They weren't iPods? Uh, yeah, uh, you probably were on an iPod. iPod. Like an MP3 player, yeah, maybe. MP3, yeah, right. yeah. The two songs that I would always listen to right before the game, and this is probably going to be a curveball for a lot of people, While Out by The Locks. Yeah, okay. nice. Because right? you don't know, The Locks are from Yonkers, so I take great pride in, in listening to them. And they're still them. doing it, by the way. Oh, yeah. They're, are they? Oh, yeah. I don't know if they're officially like touring together, but they always appear in like these like versus things and, yep. and these uh, okay. different live performances. That's a great shout, by yeah, the way. So, so that's the right before I would leave the locker room. And then usually before that would be getting a little bit more mellow. It was... Summertime by Beyonce. You can also have the version with Nas in it. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was kind of getting a little bit relaxed and then play while out and we're heading out to the field. <laughs> I love I would locks heard someone say the locks in a while. That is a curveball. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> little bad boy artist. Everyone knows Jada Kiss. Everyone he was part of the locks. Oh yeah. Please. Who Maze was? No, no, oh, uh, oh, like Jada, Jada Kiss. Kiss yeah, yeah, yeah. Show the respect. Now we got Jada Kiss, yeah. Styles, yes. Chic Looch, got them all. <laughs> awesome all yonkers guys huh? yeah dmx part of the rough riders yeah that's I, right gotta love it that's like our era so i i feel like you know like you're a little younger than i am so i was like yeah it's i miss those days <laughs> <laughs> all right my my, my question is gonna be um what's one? i love this one i don't know why i ask it all the time what is one movie that if you're like sitting at home and and uh you're flipping through the channels and it comes on you stop and watch the rest of that's a great question can I give a couple or it has to be one? No, no. Give, give a couple. I'll give a couple because I always stop and watch them. And when I do, shout out to my wife, Kristen. And I'll also give a shout out to my daughters, Emma and Mia, while I'm at it. But if you got a couple, like Independence Day, nice. Gladiator. Gladiator was on the other night. You know, Patriot, Shawshank Redemption. A couple of those classics, if they're on, I have to stop and watch it. And good. sometimes she... Enough, no. enough people. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, is that a, it's a negotiation. Yeah. Does she get annoyed when you're quoting lines from the movie? Yeah. Which, I get that sometimes. Of all of those, could you do, do you do the quotes and do people get tired of them? I get, I'm guilty of that. I don't know a lot of the quotes. I, okay. To be honest, I'm not a huge movie guy. When people okay. make references to movies or even songs, I, I'm not great with that, but just a couple of those classics, it's almost like it draws you in and you have to watch it. You can't get up. If you had something else planned. Sorry, you got to wait an hour. I got to finish watching Independence Day to see if we save the day. Independence Day is a great call because it's it's on a lot, but it also is like I don't know. It's they, one of those ones that you have to flip on. They pound it in the month of July. I mean, Independence yeah. in the month of July, it's on like every other day. Right. It's we on, watched it this year. It's just on AMC fact. or TBS for yeah. hours. It's yeah. like the Christmas story. Yeah. It's long Christmas as heck. Time. Yeah, it's long as heck. It's really long on TV because of how they break it up with commercials. 
But I can watch Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum have Vivica that relationship. Fox. Vivica Fox. Bring it in that. Yeah. In that that in is that a great movie. reference. Yeah. Well, listen, I was watching. I watched it <laughs> a month ago. Probably we watched it at the house. Well, it's just a few weeks before all of this practice, right, is going to turn into that first game at, like Greg said, UNH and year one in the CAA and coach. Uh, happy that you're on the sidelines for it and even happier that you, you were able to join us this time. We we really appreciate it and we look forward to seeing you and, and that room you mentioned uh, do some great work this year. No, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is really getting the podcast juices flowing again. <laughs> yes, I, I'm ready for to, it. Yeah, I might have to sneak in like, 20 minutes and maybe maybe I'll get Coach Cal or someone yeah. on staff. I'm not, you better ask me first. No, I'm, there just it is. I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. I know how busy you are and I know uh, you guys got a ton of meetings and these are long days and, and shout out to all of the coaches' wives because they don't get to see uh, uh, their husbands as much as I'm sure they would like or maybe they do like that they're not around but um, we do really appreciate you taking the time. No, thank you guys. so difficult to get a coach during preseason. It's difficult to get a coach any time of year, but the fact that Coach Robertson gave us, Greg, I mean, almost 45 minutes of his time in the middle of practice is really valuable. And a guy that, by the way, he's been so busy since he's gotten here. It's the longest I've had a chance to talk to him, and I was really excited for this conversation. What a really great guy. Yeah, he is, and he's fit in perfectly. And I talked to Gallo, Coach Gallo a little bit about him uh, before he, he took the job here, but while he was interviewing whatever it was. And uh, they were really juiced to have him here. And um, he's a good dude, and, and, I, and, I, and I knew he was interested enough to, to get – Talk about the talk about a bunch of stuff. Talk about being a head coach. Talk about running a podcast that's so successful. It really is. It's good. Like you should jump on and listen to it a little bit. Um, and and he's great on social media. And um, he's been a good fit so far for uh, for our friend TJ Demuzio, who's moved on. Um, who obviously was a, a huge fan of. We were a huge fan of, and and we love him. And but he's moved on to to another job, and and looks like we've uh, stepped in with, with Coach Robertson, and he'll be great. So really happy and thankful that he was able to join us. We mentioned year one in the CAA. We mentioned how much that means. Greg and I, it's been a theme throughout our podcast really since January. Um, but now that it's in front of us here, so excited for what this is going to mean. The schedules are out, right? Teams are here. We know what's coming up. The The first competition will be on campus um, in just a few short weeks with a women's soccer game. Um, but, you know, Greg, I think when you talk to people around – not just Mammoth, but people that have left Mammoth that are still fans or you know colleagues of ours. What this means in year thirty of the of the Mammoth football program to be able to go from in in you know a no scholarship independent team thirty years by the way not that long no to go from there to playing in the CAA as a multi time FCS playoff participant this fall it's the biggest fall we can't understate it's the biggest fall in Mammoth football history for what it represents. Yeah, and, and one of the things we talk about is, you know, the, think when you, you can put the age of the program this way. This is the 30th year. That means your oldest alumni are 50 years old. 50, right, you know, right. 51 years old. You know, that that that's your oldest alumni that you could possibly have. Like, think about that for a second. Like, th- those guys are just now, you know, fi- you know, they they have middle-aged kids, like, you know, all that other stuff and they're starting to come back more and more. It's really um and to have seven conference championships and, and go to the playoffs three times in the last five years and 
um, to do it all while you, while you don't necessarily have the resources that some of these giant state schools have. You know, if you look at the top 10, um, it really is kind of a special thing when, when a private school is able to sneak in there because you're competing with schools like North Dakota State University. There's state money injected into there. You know, South Dakota State University, there's state money injected into there. You know, they're, they're churning out thousands of, of diplomas every year and thousands of alumni and, and everything. And I think what, what Coach Callahan has built here from, you know, at, at Monmouth College, then the Monmouth University is uh, you don't see it often. And I, and I, I mentioned it in some tweets and stuff I put out a couple of weeks ago um, that, you know, he's one of, I think, three head coaches in, in wins, top, you know, top 10 in wins or top nine in wins that have coached at one, um, just one place. Uh, and, that, and that's pretty, pretty special. And there's a lot of wins. I think he's coached 305 games. Like that's, that's a massive amount of Div- division one coaches or division one games. And it, it's not it's not even just the success of the football program. It's what he kind of means to the university. And, and I think that's what's so remarkable is that growth in the last 30 years also coincides with the university's growth in that time. And I think a large reason for that is not just the success of the football program, but the way in which Coach Callahan carries himself, but demands that his staff and players carry themselves. We can say it because I have countless friends from my time in school to my time as an adult that are, that are, you know, former Monmouth football players and and you're, you know, in that boat as well. So it's, I think everyone's just so happy that he's been the one that can Mm -hmm. now do this and say that he's done it. And quite frankly, I don't know if there's anyone else that could do it with the class grace and professionalism. And, and that's the thing that people talk the most. Of. It's not wins. It's Yes, it's wins, but it's also how he goes about it. It's why someone who's a standing head coach um, wants to join the staff. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. Truly remarkable. So we mentioned it, what year one in the CAA means. The competition starts in just a few short weeks with the women's soccer team. who well, They start competing the third week in August. And that is there's a handful of home events, including the first CAA action for the women's soccer program here on campus. Field hockey will be underway shortly. Men's soccer as well. Pretty remarkable that we have gotten through a full year, a full summer, and now here we are as this podcast enters its second season, you know, with you and I, that we have the CAA in front of us. We've talked about it at length, but man, this is an arrival for Monmouth University Athletics. Yeah, definitely, and I think um, you're going to want to get out and, and watch us compete against some of these teams. Uh, we're competing against some major universities, some major colleges, some some of the best academic institutions uh, on the East Coast. Uh, tons of alumni. You know they're going to bring opposing fans to root against us. So we're gonna we're gonna need some people out, and that's in every sport. Uh, pretty soon, though, uh, we're gonna have to have uh, Coach Kylie Rossi, our newest. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if we can call her our newest women's head coach because we also have a new women's golf coach, but. Um, she was promoted after 10 seasons with uh, Coach Chrissy Turner leaving, and um, I think she's she's due. I, I felt like we wanted to give her a little time to coach before we pull her off the field and um, into the podcast and, and turn the lights on her and talk to her, but I think she's going to be a great guest coming up. Yeah, and if you missed any of the announcement, I was able to sit sit down with Kylie. It's an interview now that's on um, it's on the Mammoth Athletics Twitter account. Flynn, excuse me, right? It's Kylie Flynn, Flynn. now, correct? I call, I made I, that I made that mistake last uh, podcast. Apologize. 
But um, I was able to catch up with Kylie. If you go to our our Twitter page, at Mammoth Hawks on Twitter, you can find the interview there. I'm pretty sure it's on Facebook as well. Um, If you've been around Mammoth, you you probably have met, know, and are very familiar with Kylie. But now to see her move that spot over into the top spot, you know, that's why a lot of times assistant coaches will, you know, look to really grow and stay. And, you know, this women's soccer program, very successful. She was an associate head coach. So you... Name an associate head coach because you view them as someone who could be a head coach one day. And we're excited to see what she is able to do um, with this Mammoth women's soccer program that Greg has her full support. I, I caught up with a few of her student athletes just on campus. They're so excited. Right. We're so excited. You know, the the field hockey team is now in, gosh, what is it? It's in its fourth league in the last like <laughs> eight years. And all they've done is be successful every step of the way. So Coach Figlio's team in, this, in the CAA and, you know, Coach McCourt in the men's soccer program have taken on CAA competition and it had success against them prior. So now they'll get to challenge themselves too. So here we are, man, another year in front of us. It's unbelievable. Um, I I have to, you know, when they like do retractions at the end of uh, like PTI or whatever, um, I I got a, a a lot of heat at home because I guess when we had Darnell Leslie on, which was like two or three podcasts ago, Mm -hmm. I was trying to make the point of how impressed I was that not only him, but some of our other football student athletes take like software engineering. And um, I guess in trying to make that point, I, uh, I mentioned that it's not like he, I I mentioned basket weaving and then I mentioned like, uh, it's not like they're gym teachers. And um, my, both of my in-laws were longtime physical education teachers. My wife was a physical education teacher for a while. So I got a lot of heat at home and I, and I need to apologize. I mean, absolutely nothing against physical education as a profession. Uh, I had many physical education teachers that I loved and did a great job. And I believe that physical education is very important part of, um, of what goes on in our scholastic systems. Uh, in fact, I talked with my son probably just about every other day about, Oh, Hey, what'd you do in gym class today? Like, cause I, I want, you know, I want, it's important. And that was some of the best times I had, you know, like, you know, Playing floor hockey and softball and and keep gym in school. Yeah, seriously. So I meant no offense. It is a noble, great profession, and if you want to get into coaching, it is really an outstanding way of um, doing high school coaching and and teaching physical education. So my apologize, my apologies, sincere apologies for that. And I'm sure they understand uh, the context of everything. Yeah. I was just, you know, I was just trying to say that our student athletes take some really hard stuff. Some of them take some really hard stuff. Yeah. Listen, it was, it was off the hip and and that's okay. That's what we do here. That is what we do here. And it's also what brings us to, we can't let that be the final part of the podcast. This is the final part of the podcast. Happy birthday. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm old and I feel it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a great birthday today. I, I was excited. Got to get up. My son went with me to practice. He uh, spent some time with Coach Reem, teaching him some some explosive uh, stuff that probably I hope he'll start doing at the house. And um, then we went out and watched a great mom football practice, and then we, we had a good podcast. So, uh, we're going to get some lunch. I'm going to cut this podcast up, and then uh, we'll home. see what the rest of the day is. Frank's got a, a little little scrimmage tonight, inter-squad scrimmage, so I'm excited to watch that. What's the birth the go-to birthday dessert, be it cake or else? All right, so I, my wife, a couple years ago, I love chocolate ice cream cake. Like, okay, yeah. I, I love it, yeah. right? That's, like, my it's delicious. Uh, so like with the crunchies. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't like, I don't like the vanilla and I don't need the fancy, uh, flowers on the top or the happy <laughs> birthday Greg bit. Right. So, uh, my wife a couple years ago made me a cake, like froze chocolate ice cream, 
put treats in it. Like it was really good. That's dedication. And then, and then you made fun of gym teachers, by the way. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm kidding. Continue. Anyway, thank you, Eddie. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so I mentioned to her every year, like, Hey, I don't really care like what you get me for my birthday, but that cake cake. would be awesome. You know? And, and I said to her, I said, you know, last time it was basically frozen diabetes. I said, you don't have to put all those candy bars and stuff in it. Like, just the crunchies and the chocolate cake, but like she uses different ice creams, just delicious. It's mm. really good, and um, and so I kind of mentioned it to her yesterday, and she I don't think was going to do it. Like she's busy, she's and trying to enjoy our, our pool and everything that we just maybe are almost done putting in. Thank you very much, pool company. <laughs> um, and I don't think she was going to do it, and then um, she went to go pick our our daughter up at um from dance or whatever. Yeah, I think she had dance. And then all of a sudden she's texting me like, oh, I have to stop at the store. Mm. And then last night she came home and prepared, prepared the, uh, prepared the cake. And, and I did see there were some Reese's cups and maybe some Oreos, which I think are going to serve as the filling. So that, I don't know what we're having for dinner tonight. I don't care what we're having for dinner tonight. Agreed. Um, but I am excited for, for my slice of cake that I'll be having, I, th- I hope, tonight. So What a devious combination of Reese's and Oreo. She's the best. Sometimes I'll do that at the ice cream place oh, near like our house. Oh, like a flurry? Like a- no, I'll just get ice cream, and then those will be the combination of toppings. They're elite together. I'm not a huge... Fast five-star together. <laughs> I'm telling you, the podcast is good. Uh, the, I, I'm not a huge... Um, I'm not a huge ice cream person in general, but like chocolate ice cream with like yeah, in cake form. Yeah. It's, right. it's elite. So anyway, I'm excited for it. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Everybody, ton of people re- reached out. Reggie white jr. Reached out to me and wished me happy birthday. He had this ridiculous catch last night. It's all over Twitter. You got to go find yeah, it. That's great. He like jumps in front of a guy. I think he might've scored on it. I don't know the the TSN feed was from the moon. It looked like, <laughs> um, and I really don't understand why I can't get TSN on ESPN plus. Cause I think they're owned by the same company. You can. Frank says yes. Oh, really? Oh, Associate good. producer Frank Viscomi says yes. Yeah, it's been. So maybe I dropped the ball. I'm sorry. I'm I, Now I know I can watch it. I'm going to be watching something whenever Reg goes out there because he's crushing it in that league. He is crushing it. And You're they right. use him on everything. He's an easy guy to root for. He's super easy. Thanks for hanging out, Frank. This was awesome. Frank, hanging out with us today. And uh, enjoy your cake tonight, man. Happy birthday. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Another one in the books. Looking forward to our next guest. We'll catch you next week. production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved.